Welcome to Uphill Conversations, your ride-along partners for your emerging future. Everything in life worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. It's time for another show with your host Tim Picararo and Megan Finner. Are you ready to be inspired? Welcome to Uphill Conversations. I'm your host, Megan. And I'm Tim. And we are so glad you can join us as you're living your life and heading towards your emerging future. Hopefully, you are eliminating any downhill habits and canceling out all agreements with limiting beliefs. And yes, it's true. You can be more, do more, and have more. So, Tim, how are you today? I'm doing uh, pretty a okay. <laughs> You know, well, hey, you know, I don't like it. Okay, I know. Are you like K? Yeah, you could have just said I'm doing K. That sound weird. I, it would sound weird. It, it didn't work. Really weird. So this is the only time <laughs> okay works for me. Oh man. A okay. A okay. Well, this is episode forty-three. Forty-three. That's big this time. Is, it's big time. Yeah. Hey, we crossed a little milestone. Our downloads are kicking, and mm-hmm. we're we're getting excited. And we, you know what? It's not far away, and we're coming up on a one-year anniversary for the podcast in That's August. Exciting. Yes. So we need to come up with something really cool. Something big, something epic. Okay. You know, like, um, I don't know, like you're going to sing a Purple Rain. <laughs> you're going to sing Prince, Purple Rain. <laughs> that will be, how about that? Uh, no? I don't know about that. Okay, you do a Wailing Jennings song. Um, you like how I said Wailing Jennings? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not going to do that either? Okay, well, how about Freddie Fender? <laughs> wasted days and wasted nights. I don't even know who that is. Oh, my gosh. I know. Can you call yourself a country fan? <laughs> I'm not really. I listen yes, you to are. You're a country fan. <laughs> I mean, you I like- got, You got I country like or Hill. bust. I like Faith Hill You got country or bust in the back of that minivan that you drive around <laughs> in. <laughs> no, that's I'm styling in that minivan. Yeah, it is. You you call it your what is it? Sweet minivan. My sweet minivan. Yeah, that yeah. That's I make like, that minivan. You drive look it good. like a Porsche. I do. You drive that thing like it's supposed to be going. I don't know. I just I've been on the side of the road and you almost hit me. <laughs> Where you pulling in like just in your own world, cars doing its own thing. Oh, man. You need you need the Tesla like the autonomous driving stuff on your car. <laughs> Because when you touch the wheel, everything goes downhill. Oh, my gosh. It's, that's not true. I'm an excellent driver. Okay. That's what, Rain Man? Is that from the movie Rain Man? I'm a good driver, right? I'm a good driver. I'm a good driver. Anyways, I like picking on your driving. That's why I don't want to drive with you. So, anyways, um, yeah, 43. And I got a random question for you. Okay. So, this one is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be pretty cool. And I hope you'll be able to handle this. So, uh, okay. So, what would be the first question that you would ask if you woke up from being cryogenically frozen for a hundred years? I would ask what year it was. Wow, that's crazy. Like, so I mean, I'd you ask think what that, year it that was. would be the first thing that comes to your mind yeah. is what year is it? Yeah, what year is it? How do you know that you would even remember that you were frozen? Well, okay, so so I didn't remember I was frozen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, I thought it would be a little bit more <laughs> complicated than that. <laughs> like you well, would you go deeper. the first question. I mean. I like what like... year is it? I mean, you wouldn't ask the time. So really it'd be year. Not even what, what time is it? Showtime. Like <laughs> I said. I think I will. The questions I would ask, I mean, it would sort of be like, I'm sure I'd be disoriented. So where yes. am I? Right. 
what year is it? Like, what is this and then, place? Yeah. And then what did I miss? Yeah. See, I would. Okay. For me, I the first thing I'd be like, once I realize, I mean, I'd be like, whoa, what is this place? What's going on? And then I'd be like, you know, like, where's every, like, I'd be looking for people like, mm -hmm. hey, uh, and they'd be like, no, dude, 100 years. See, but if you knew you were frozen, though, you'd know that you, those people wouldn't be no, there. No, once they told me, though. Oh, once right. I got, they, or, you know, people, See? I think so people would have to so kind of. So you're admitting you would have, there would be like other questions before you got to that point. So you should have said, what's your, what would be like your third or fourth question? <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> what would be your first Okay, that's questions? fair enough. Bad question. I mean, it was, I think it was good intent. Question yeah. wasn't the greatest. So it would be, but. yeah. So it would either be, yeah. Where am I? What year is it? What did I miss? Okay. So that's cool. Yeah. That's, that's cool. And I mean, I think it would, I'd be freaked out. Yeah. Cause you know, they sure. have those movies like where they're, you know, you see the previews like they were frozen. In time. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're in space and then they wake up, mm -hmm. but they woke up before they were supposed to. So before they were supposed to wake up, <laughs> they woke up. You know what I mean? It's like right. that whole kind of weird, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think my life would look like those movie previews. You know what I mean? Like I would wake up and be like tripping. <laughs> like they'd be like, I'd be freaking out. So whoever woke up too, like if there yeah. was two of us that woke up, yeah, I would be like, I would be freaking them out. Like it would be you know, like, what's going on? And then if, what if everybody else was still sleeping? What if they're mm -hmm. still in their little cryo chamber? I know. We'll see. I'm, I guess that's like, I'm the logical person. Those are, I ask like the logical questions. That's okay. That's cool. Yeah. I would right. just, yeah. I mean, you'd be like, Mah! well, no, I'd be like trying to figure everything out. Sight and sound. Be aware yeah. of what's going on. Sight and sound. I'd be like, trying to find the exit exits. Where are people at? Like what's going on? Are we, where is this thing? You know, is there someone trying to hurt me? Like what's going I would immediately I don't know. go into Maybe that. Maybe you would just be like silent. That would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow. There's a comment. <laughs> we'll let that go. We'll let that go. Maybe I'd be silent. That would be weird. <laughs> Et tu brute. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today's episode, we have uh, Shama. Yeah. Shama Hyder. She is really incredible. She has been named uh, one of Ink Magazine's 30 Under 30. She is very cool. A young woman who uh, graduated from college and was very interested in digital marketing, social media, but that didn't really exist. So, you know, with $1,500, I think she said she basically decided to start her own company. Yeah. And she went against, you know, what, you know, family systems mm -hmm. and and all all logic, huh? Yeah. So she went against logic and said, look, I want to get into this space. And she felt like there was something there. Mm -hmm. You know, so when you see people like, you know, if we were around when it was like the gold rush days, you know, people are like, what in the world? <laughs> are you dumb? You're going to go all the way across the country. Mm -hmm. You know, you know how long that trip would take, by the way? Because like your sweet minivan <laughs> could get there sooner, right? Right. So, it still take like three days for my sweet right. minivan to get there. But these guys took, I mean, man, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, you're talking two horses in a carriage mm -hmm. maybe, right? And going all the way out there and then, you know, digging and searching and sifting and all of that stuff to look for that gold. And so I think it was very inspirational for me to know mm -hmm. that here's somebody that would actually go West. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I kind of look at it. Mm -hmm. You know, she went West. Yeah. Well, Shama, she's just such an awesome young professional. And speaking of that, make sure if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, 
Check out our new podcast, UCYP, Uphill Conversations with Young Professionals. And of course, we always would love to hear from you. So connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Uphill Combo. And you can also contact us directly at Megan at UphillConversations.co or Tim at UphillConversations.co. So without any further delay, let us jump into this interview with Shama Hyder. Welcome to Uphill Conversations. Shama, how are you and how are things in your world? Busy as always, but it beats the alternative. So <laughs> glad to be here. Yeah, alternatives are not usually fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, hey, uh, really quick, if you would, would you just uh, tell in a nutshell our audience just about your world? What What does your day-to-day look like? What is it like for you daily on both your work and just life? Yeah, daily life is pretty crazy, but <laughs> I think I have that that set up strategically. So, you know, when I'm uh, not running my company, which takes up the majority of my time to the marketing Zen group, I have social media marketing, digital PR firm, um, not work, you know, no, I'm not doing that, working with clients or employees. I'm usually traveling the world, um, keynoting at, at events. I love sharing my passion and, and my um my expertise, I'm really a student is what I consider myself. So just sharing what, what I've been learning and best practices and so forth. And if I'm not doing that, then I'm probably in a studio somewhere talking to the media or I do a lot of stuff with Fox, Fox Business, MSNBC. So no two days are the same. Um, some days I don't even know what time zone I'm in, but um, <laughs> but I sort of like that. And then personally, you know, I've got two dogs, obviously adore them very close to my family. Uh, my sister and I are very close. Um, I only have one younger sibling, and she actually works for for my company. So it's a lot of fun. It's uh, um, I'm really grateful for for the opportunities that I get and the things that I get to sort of do every day. Well, awesome. Thank you for sharing that. We um, got to meet you. Uh, I don't know if you remember, I kind of zipped up to you I when you do. finished. <laughs> I was like, hey, I have this podcast. would love to interview you. And thank you so much. I know you were just on the go and you were actually coming to our neck of the woods because we're in South Carolina and you were actually leaving from there to co- to go to, I guess, Myrtle Beach or Charleston. Yeah, to, that's to right. Speak. Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I, I was a, like, I had a keynote for Gil Barco. Yeah. Um, and we're talking about millennials and marketing to them. So that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And I was like, man, we missed. So we were like, we're going to be here still. And she's going there. And I was like, we're going to, we're going <laughs> to well, miss it. I was in this. and out of there too. I just, I mean, since then, which wasn't that long ago, I've been in Paris, um, Lithuania. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. So that- I, um, and that's just international. It's not even national. So yeah, my, my schedule looks pretty crazy right now. Well, if you if you would do something for us, um, because you're in that social media space, um, one of the things that was a big takeaway for me was in in Megan as well was I love your term digital natives. It was so great, you know, because I hate brands. I hate people getting stereotyped. I'm a Gen Xer, you know, even though I hate that, but but I'm not mm-hmm. like those people because I'm a generations person. So I always appreciate and love to learn from those who've gone ahead of me. And I, and I love to build a bridge for those who are coming behind me. And then, of course, I want to be relevant to where I am uh, currently, but I want to be relevant in every direction. Does that make sense? I'm more of a oh, big absolutely. picture person. Mm-hmm. Um, and another thing that you said in that whole area of that digital natives and who these young professionals are or millennials or, you know, the digital native type. You, um, you know, you, you spoke about why people use social media and it's basically, um, basically it's like to, it's a way that they self-expression. Mm-hmm. It's like their way of yeah. saying, this is who I am. Um, and, but when it comes to which, what was neat was you're using it 
in a way that, um, you know, you're not creating an image or a likeness of yourself. You really are showing who you really are, which I think is powerful. How do you think people can improve upon that where they're not just living their life out loud on social media? Like, what could you give, you know, help for those who are saying, man, you know, how can I use this better and not like make myself look like an idiot or a fool or because I hear this all the time, like, man, I should have never posted that, you know, Mm -hmm. those types of things. How do you, you know, figure out how to best utilize those types of tools, even in just from whether it's your business or just an everyday regular life? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I would say, you know, I think the critical thing is finding the balance, balance between showcasing who you are and being strategic about what you share. Right. And so I think in that way, everyone ideally curates the things that they think their audience would find valuable. I mean, I certainly do. There's things that, you know, um, that I most of the things I share, I think about, is this adding value to the other recipients? Some of the stuff is just for my own, and this is fun, I'm going to share sort of the background or uh, behind the scenes of my life sort of things, which people also appreciate and kind of get to see the more human side, I think. But for me, like 80% of the things I post, if not 90% are really geared towards how can I share this? How can I, you know, how can, how is this going to provide value? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if people saw it that way, they would approach social a little bit differently than they do now. And then when it comes to platforms, I think that's really more a matter of What's your comfort level and at the intersection of where's your audience? And what I mean by that is, for example, you know, I've always said you should use social media, not be used by it. And what <laughs> I mean good. by that is like on Instagram, right? I follow very few people, like literally a handful. I've got, I don't know, some like 13, 14,000 followers on Instagram, but that's fine. My goal on Instagram is not to connect in that way. It's to be able to kind of showcase my travel log, my diary. Mm-hmm. And if people want to follow, great, you know? Um, I have other platforms where I'm happy to connect with people like LinkedIn and Facebook and so forth. Um, and then I'm not on Snapchat. I do Snapchat takeovers. I'm going to actually do one for Inc. coming up here in, in July. And I'm happy to do that. But it just doesn't fit into my personal, hey, I really like this platform, right? And for me, my audience, if they're on Snapchat, they're already on Insta and other things. So I think it's kind of finding that balance and not feeling like you have to chase everything down, um, everything new under the sun either. Well, so let's I, I want to kind of go a little bit further with that, um, with this whole idea that, you know, social media is an amplifier. Right. And so you put things out there. It's it's a way almost to, you know, showcase your identity. But, you know, it's just another method for you to share who you are, share your story. Um, and so whether that's in personal or business world. But, you know, the, the other thing you mentioned is being a content curator. And it's a great way to do that as well. Um, so as that content curator, as a person who's out there posting, you, know, you made a, a comment in, um, in an interview I listened to, and you said, you know, learn to be an editor and not a perfectionist. So, you know, I'm curious about that, because I'm a, you know, self-identified bit of a, a perfectionist, or maybe I'm, I'm a recovering perfectionist. Um, so what does that, you know, what does that mean to you? And how has just that statement uh, been impactful in your life yeah and I by the way you guys ask such great questions I love that you you've done your homework so you're not asking stuff that people can easily google um, so <laughs> I love you. that and I, I would say you know so to your point even in terms of practicing getting out of that perfection I think podcasting by the way is great because you're forced to be an editor right like you're at you're asking questions on the fly it's not some um some bit that's extensively edited down and, and, and it's it's authentic it's it's freestyle and I think 
that's that's awesome. So step in the right direction mm-hmm. for sure in in that way. I think what's important and when I talk about being an editor and, and I've always been this way is that in the way the world is today, you perfection isn't something you can achieve. Like it's not possible because technology is changing too fast, right? Mm-hmm. So you're never going to be know it all or ha- like it's just impossible. <laughs> There's too much information for anyone, including AI, right. <laughs> to yeah. artificial intelligence to know it all. I think the best you can do is is get started and, and edit. I mean, so many people hold back on things they want to do because they think, oh, it's got to be just right. But it's never going to be just right because just right is a moving target. Yeah. <laughs> so the best you can do is start something, continuously improve it, pivot it. You know, um, I think if you take that perspective on it, it's very, it's very different. And it, I feel like it's more, you're going to, it's more successful, has better ROI than saying, you know, this is, or you see people who wait for their, you know, getting their website launched, just, it takes them months or a year just getting that right shade of magenta. Right. <laughs> and in the big scheme of things, that really doesn't matter. Right. So I think a part of that is just sort of getting over one's own self of like, if it's not perfect. People will judge me. I and mean, there's usually underlying fears there. Right. Um, and I think luckily I've never really cared what people thought. <laughs> right. I've always marched the beat of my own drummer. Mm-hmm. I think part of that comes from being an immigrant kid. You know, I moved to the U S when I was nine. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends. In fact, I didn't have a lot of friends throughout school just because my family was trying to get settled into new country. I was the eldest, so I had a lot of responsibility. I was a latchkey kid, which meant like I had to take care of my sister, right? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, um, my younger sister. So just, I think from a young age, I figured out I don't really need the, you know, the the main crowd's approval. I was just going to find things that I needed to take care of and go do that. <laughs> wow. Wow. You know, that's great. And and so on this personal side, I love this because we love to get deep into, mm-hmm. you know, into who a person is and their alignment with themselves and how they think, what's their mindset, you know, how do they overcome things? What do they do? So our, our show is uphill conversations. You know, anything worth having is uphill. You can't go uphill with downhill habits. And so we try to get people to understand it's a climb and you have to be intentional about how you hit your hill, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems like with your, you know, immigrant staff, you know, being, you know, coming to the U.S., setting up shop, being a latchkey kid. And some of that was your environment. What when did you start? When did it start clicking for you about, you know, a greater sense of your own personal identity that was in alignment with who you were on the inside and what you wanted to come out? Um, I think, you know, that's the other thing. I think identity is a process. Also, this editor thing, comment applies, right? Right. Where what I find fascinating and I, and I love like human study. I love studying past lives and the essence. I'm just fascinated by what it means to be human and, uh, and beyond that. But in terms of your identity, it's, it's a fascinating thing, but it's a changing thing. You know, I think we find that we define ourselves very, a little too quickly by what we have or what our title is, but really true identity is constantly changing and what I find particularly fascinating is how terrible we are at predicting what will make us happy in the future. You know, we're terrible as human beings. Like, right. just because, you know, we can say, I want these things five years from now, but you won't be that same person that you are today five years from now. You just won't. So we think a much better approach is to respond to what life presents to you in terms of opportunities. And and that's all you can do is just learn to be responsive. Um, and that doesn't mean not proactive. There's a difference, Right. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say like, let life happen to you, but more, um, see opportunities. Like I was just talking to 
uh, a client yesterday, and I, I love the story. You know, the, the I was talking to the son. His mom is acquiring a company, and I love this. She's buying this company, and she's in her 60s, and she's worked at this company for 30 years. She started out as, like, one of the plant workers, wow. you know, on the, on the line, <laughs> and is now buying this company. And I, I think that's, that's awesome. And I, that's what I mean by, you know, these, these are opportunities, right, that one has to sort of make those decisions and, and go forth in life. But, um, but I love that. I love that story just because I, I think so many people at that age would think, I'm thinking retirement or slowing down. And here she is, you know, probably never thought that she would one day own the company that she started out on the plant line right. at. But, you know, so so it goes. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, I, I love that. And just that whole idea that, you know, you don't really know who, who you're going to be even five years from now. And I think that so often, you know, we have this idea that people don't change, but they do. We're constantly changing. We're constantly figuring out who we are, who we want to be, where we're going. Um, and, so I, you know, I know, you know, you have the story of you got out of college and you you wanted to go into this whole world of you know digital marketing, digital advertising, and but that field didn't really exist. So I, I think that's a great story. But I I would love to know, are there you know what's another uphill challenge that you faced along your journey? Aside from obviously that's a huge one, right? Yes, but big. can you right, <laughs> but, but can you narrow down on like you know something else maybe or something even within that um, that was just a really uphill big uphill challenge for you? Um, yeah, you know, and and I think the thing is I don't see things as uphill challenges. I not to not to downplay the importance of putting in work that for things that matter. But I think for me, it's about like little bets and little challenges every day. Um, you know, even if you're facing something big in life, I think part of that is being able to break it down into manageable chunks. And so when I have gone through, you know, personal challenges or personal hardships, I feel like the best way to do it is literally take it day by day. Huh. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I lost um, I lost one of my best friends this past October um, and it was very tragic. He was 35 and, uh, and honestly it was a very challenging part because they still had a company run, still had responsibilities and obligations to people. But literally the way to get through that is just day by day. I, I think that's my best advice for anyone going through a challenge is you can't like try to overcome this monster, this beast, and this just over, it'll overwhelm you, you know? Wow. Um, but I think whatever challenges you have, if you take them just day by day, before you know it, you know, you're laughing more than you're crying or you're, you're, um, you know, that you don't think about it as much. I think, I mean, as human beings, I think we're really resilient. I don't know if we like the idea that we're always re really right. re resilient, but I certainly think so. And I'm, I'm really grateful that I feel like I've been able to build that muscle in life and, mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, and, and just, I try to practice resilience and, and not let a setback become this, overarching thing in my life. Wow. So as a, as a person that's moving, you know, I know you said busy because I'm sure you are. I'm one of those, <laughs> I tell people, don't say I'm busy, I'm productive. Right. So, so <laughs> yeah, for me, yeah. I'm like, I'm productive. I mean, I, I know how to be busy. I can do that, but productive. And, and I know it's just a term and I know you're on the go and you are moving from one thing, even here, you know, having to switch. And we're so grateful that you've had to change and like, you know, go from this, you know, having this conversation from the meeting you had and going to another one. But with all of that and all of the activity 
that goes on around you. I have two questions. How do you okay. how do you stockpile your ideas to get to later? Number one. Secondly, when you're ready to move something that you want to do next to the forefront to really start working on it, what do you do to jumpstart that and get the momentum going? Um, so I have lots of ideas and I think for <laughs> like most people that are entrepreneurs or serial entrepreneurs like me, it's not so much the lack of ideas. I mean, I, I try to jot them down as I go. It's figuring out where I want my energy to go, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and that can be hard. That can be hard because like many serial entrepreneurs, I'm an ideas person. I'm, I, I'm grateful that I can also, you know, I'm a tourist, so <laughs> I have the... <laughs> I have, I think, the wherewithal to seed some of the, the ideas through. And it's not just, you know, like, oh, it's a great idea. And where did it go? So I actually, I'm, I'll say this, I self-edit a lot in the beginning because I know once I get mm. the ball, ball rolling on something, I'm going to see it through. Uh-huh. So I have to be very picky about which direction <laughs> right. I choose to go because I'm just not going to be satisfied then until I really, you know, hit so my own expectations. I think that's the other thing is I don't compare myself or my journey to anyone else's. And I think part of studying like, you know, the human condition, stoicism, just all these different philosophies and so forth, I think helps with that a lot and and helps keep things grounded to be able to say, this is my journey. It's not anybody else's. And so for me, it's not about trying to achieve a certain goal or, you know, be better than someone else. It's just, you know, I, my own metric for me has always been, Am I a kinder, smarter, you know, um, wiser person today than I was yesterday? Um, mm-hmm. And that's that's really kind of all I'm all I can do, right? All any of us, I think, can do is keep sort of progressing and bettering ourselves. Mm-hmm. And uh, Shama, in addition to you know, you mentioned like the study of stoicism and how you're really interested in you know the human condition. I'm I'm curious. You're you do have a lot going on, and um, you know sometimes you can probably get. Uh, worn out or overwhelmed, but I'd like to know what are things that you do to work on yourself? Um, and again, for me, that's not something that happens at the end of the day when I sit there and think about, well, what could I have done better? I think it's something Mm -hmm. that happens minute to minute, right? I I just try to have a higher sense of self-awareness to say, how am I approaching this? How do I, how do I handle this? And I think part of it's not being afraid to step away or not judging myself too harshly when I do need to take a break. Like mm-hmm. I learned a long time ago, for example, I would be very, I would get very frustrated with myself because if I did a keynote or a talk after that, I would be like, great, I can work, but I wouldn't be able to work. <laughs> and I would be very frustrated with myself because I thought, what? like, oh my God, that was an hour. Like now I have the day. What am I, you know, what am I doing? Hello. Mm-hmm. But right. I realized that Part of that is because when I'm on stage, I'm performing, and then afterwards, my adrenaline just crashes. Yeah. <laughs> so if I, you know, so I, I have to let my body and my mind, like myself, recover. I need that time. So now I don't judge myself that harshly for just sort of not, you know, not being able to get much productive stuff done at that point because it's just I'm not there. <laughs> right. And when I allow it, funnily enough, I'm able to, you know, recalibrate a lot quicker and, and come back to base. Right. And I totally understand that about when you're presenting. That's, you know, you're up there and that's a performance. And I've had to tell people, they're like, why are you so quiet after you're done doing that one and a half hour talk? <laughs> and I'm like, you have no idea what that takes out of you. I think people Absolutely. just, they don't understand it. So it's kind of like, are you okay? Is there something wrong? <laughs> yeah. It's, no, like, it's really hard yeah. to, for people who are not, you know, to uh, ex- understand that. And I, it was hard for me because I was like, 
what's wrong, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just <laughs> jump in and talk to people and answer emails? Like, why am I hiding out? And it's really because you do like so much of your energy and, and sort of, you know, strength goes into that. Um, it's like to do a good job, right. To be able to connect with the audience, make sure people are engaged, that they're learning. Like that is exhausting. And I don't know how teachers do it. Like how pro- <laughs> teachers yeah. or professors oh my gosh, teach all day long. Like, oh my, I, it's, you have such a new respect, I think, for people in that profession too. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's, that's great. And um, I know that I've just really enjoyed this conversation so much. And I, I have one more thing that um, we like, we like to ask our guests. So, sure. so Shama, what are three things that you're optimistic about over the next 12 months? Um, when you say optimistic about, you mean personally, you mean like digital trends? I I mean, it can be however you want to answer it. Okay. (laughs) So it could be a little bit of both, even if you wanted. Sure. Uh, what am I optimistic about? I'm optimistic about online video. I just, I I think it's so thrilling. It's exciting. I love where it's headed. So I'm optimistic about seeing more companies embrace that. I think it'll become such a big part of of how we communicate, much more so than it is now. Um, I'm optimistic about the new technologies that are coming out that'll help make people's lives better. I I don't think there's enough media attention on that stuff. But, you know, there's amazing technologies today that are allowing people who, without eyesight, to communicate in a world that otherwise would have left them very bereft. There's things... And the, um, you know, people who can't hear just, I, I'm, I'm really optimistic about the things that we're going to be able to do for people with disabilities and giving them a chance to live as normal a life as possible. Mm. Um, and I, that's something that's I'm optimistic about. And then just personally, I'm just really excited about all the things that are happening in at marketing Zen, our company is growing, we're hiring um, and I'm getting to meet awesome people like you guys. So, you know, oh. what's, really, what am I going to complain about? <laughs> <laughs> well, we thank you so much. Um, this has been just a wonderful conversation and we definitely are going to have you back for part two. So be, <laughs> okay, be ready for, to. yeah, we want to go a little further with you and, um, but we really appreciate this time that you've given to us and we just really appreciate you, um, your representation and what you do and how you put it out there. And I love how you, I feel like you're a friend runner like I really really do and I really like engaging your content and seeing the things that you share the mindfulness behind it the meaningful that you have and it's just it's rich and it's full and and we can tell you are really you're a good steward and a great curator yes absolutely (laughs) I appreciate that you guys have been great I look forward to our next date (laughs) okay well this has been another episode of uphill conversations where you can be more do more and have more remember everything worth having is uphill but you can't go uphill with downhill habits and most importantly you will see Megan and me Tim and Shama on the hill Learn more about Shama Hyder at shamahyder.com. You can also learn more about her company by visiting marketingzen.com. And you can connect with her on all the social channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube. You've been listening to Uphill Conversations. If you'd like to hear more, subscribe to the show at uphillconversations.co. See you on the hill.